Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, joined today by Sandra Crawford-Williamson. And Sandra, we have a fun interview for our listeners. Afterwards, you told Shay Bynes, who from Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, you told her you felt like she was a sister from another mother. I know it's so corny, isn't it? Like when I hear people say that, brother from another mother, I'm always like, that is so corny. But I seriously felt so connected to her. Like she was saying words that are words that I say and vice versa. And she would say something and I immediately got it. It was such an immediate connection. I never met her before in my life. So I met Shay back in 2014 at the Heaven in Business Conference. Andy Mason, a guest of Eternal Leaderships, runs Heaven in Business in Reading, uh, introduced us and we just hit it off. We've become fast friends and uh, she's just awesome. She wrote this book called Grace Over Grind. And in this interview, we'll talk about what grinding is and she'll give her definition of grace. My biggest takeaway and the reason that I feel like uh, listeners should listen to this is two number is twofold. Number one, she really kind of unpacks what Psalm 37 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. She really unpacks that in a way that I've heard very few uh, teachers tell it. The other one is she tells this crazy story of supernatural childbirth and how God showed how it relates to her business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally labor, right? Like how he could be with her in all of her labor, including her childbirth. It's a great literal story of, you know, that if we partner with God, truly partner, not what, you know, surface partner or kind of partner or partner when things are good or partner when we think, you know, we're in his will or partner when his will is something that feels good, true, complete, absolute submission, turn it over, partnership with him and everything we do that he makes our labor easy and he opens doors and he gives us blessings and he provides. And that if we can truly do two things, number one, truly accept and understand his just unlimited love for us, number one. And number two, that he is actually our provider. We're not our provider. Like, I, you know, my paycheck that goes into my bank, right? I'm, I'm not providing for myself. That that's just something I'm I'm doing that I get paid at. But that God is our true and utter provider. That if we can accept those two things and be in partnership with Him, that the blessings that come and the ease with which our life and our business can flow is just profound. I mean, this you know grace over grind is like a personification of my life, right? You know, all those years in corporate America, working twenty hours, no life, you know, no pet no plants, no boys. That was my rule because all those things got in the way. And so I literally was the poster child for the grind. And this book is all about if we can put God first and not like, okay, I'm going to go meditate for four hours. But you know that if we can be in partnership with him ongoing daily and everything, that that grace is so much better for us and easier and more abundantly uh, filled with blessings and joy. And the book is amazing. I mean, don't you just love this book, Steve? Yeah, it's it's a super easy read. I got it done in less than two hours, not including the the action steps that she gives where she says to take a break and ask God the questions that she poses. So a super easy read with a journal at the end that I have yet to go through, but... I'm definitely going to be going through it as uh, Shay and I had talked before the interview. She told me, reread it again and then do the journal. Yeah. And so I, I, I recommend the book. And so without further ado, here's this uh, episode of Eternal Leadership with Shay Bynes from Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. So, Shay, thanks for coming on this episode of Eternal Leadership. Uh, the book is Grace Over Grind. And as John loves to start these episodes, love to hear your story and uh, set it up for the listener about how you got to this point of KDE, Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, the podcast and this book, Grace Over Grind. 
Wow. That's a whole long story that I'll do my best to yes. condense. <laughs> yes. Let's see. I'll do my best. Okay. So former, you know, corporate going up the ranks in corporation, 2009, the Lord says to me, I'm going to leave my job by June of 2010. I have no idea how in the world that's going to be the case, but praise God, I wrote it down and I said, okay. So I went on in my corporate career. I was in technology and uh, all year it was getting that nudge. It's time to go. It's, you know, you're going to be leaving. And I had a very long, meticulous checklist of things that needed to be accomplished before I would go off and be a full-time entrepreneur instead of a, you know, side entrepreneur on top of, you know, my work. And so in June of 2010, I was at a business conference in Orlando the last day, ironing my clothes. And I heard from God, like I had never, ever in my entire life heard from God before. And he just said one word and it was go. And I heard it in my entire body. And so the next day I called my boss and I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I got to get my, give my 30 day notice. He said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. He said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. And 30 days later, I was on this wild and crazy adventure of, okay, Lord, what am I doing? And so <laughs> I'll skip a whole lot, but happened this reason, but kingdom driven entrepreneur came up a couple years later, uh, a complete series of divine appointments. And, uh, the co-founder of kingdom driven Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur and I were complete strangers. The Lord brought us together and we started it in the end of 2012. So we will be six years old. She's no longer involved in the operation. She got her, well done, you did your job a couple of years ago. And so <laughs> I've continued to carry on the torch and I have an amazing team now. And so we'll be six years old. And everything we do is about, you know, inspiring, teaching and mentoring uh, Christian entrepreneurs to be led by God in business so that they experience his best and have a greater kingdom impact, you know, through the work that they do in the marketplace. And so that's kind of the short version of the kingdom driven entrepreneur story, but most people are really surprised to know that I was like a software engineer tech geek. <laughs> so, so what, what did, what did you do between leaving that job in 2009 and starting KDE for that three year period in yeah. 2012? Great question. So my, the first six months I did the anti this message, which was hustle my behind off because I'm like, God, you got me out here now. Like I'm out here. And so I, I took back the reins and said, okay, let me figure out what I'm doing. And so I just pushed really hard with my real estate investing business, which I, you know, which I'd been doing in the years prior. And I was also consulting people and um, coaching people who were interested in being real estate investors at the time. And then anything else I could get my hands on that I thought would just make some money and you know, fill in the gaps. I was all over it like a wet rag. And so I did that for like six months and God said to me one day, are you done yet? And I didn't even realize that I had not even really talked to him about what I, why I left or what he desired for me to do. I just said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And then said, okay, I'll do more of what I was doing more, but do it way harder, you know? And I had made like itty bitty bitty progress. I mean, and I know that was God like putting his hand on the progress because I knew what I was doing. It was the same thing I was doing before. I just had more time to do it. So it should have flourish, you know? So that's pretty much what I was doing. I was doing that. And I was running a website with some friends called Diva Money Club. And we were teaching uh, women how to do uh, real estate investing. Uh, we were teaching affiliate marketing, you know, the things that we had done, we were teaching other women how to do it. So that's kind of what I was doing um, in the midst of those couple you know, years before I met Antonina. And even after we started Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, it was about six, I think about six months in when the Lord's like, yeah, so that other stuff you're doing? Yeah, like stop doing that. And so I had to redirect my focus and focus full time. And I haven't looked back since. And it's been an amazing journey. Well, Shay, what I love is you had this incredible, really robust career with IBM for all those years, just a huge mover and shaker moving up the ladder all over the world. And, uh, you know, just like with my career in corporate America, God's like, yeah, well, no, that's not what I want you to keep doing. And you're like, but wait a minute, I'm paying my bills and supporting <laughs> my parents and everything's paid for. And you want me to do what? So how scary was that? Were you, were you scared at all? Well, yes, which is why I went into that six months of what I call faithless action, where I was, you know, busting my behind for six months because it was like, I, I reverenced God so much that I, I knew I was supposed to leave. And so I did that just out of, out of obedience. But to be honest, it was the first time that I had ever exalted like godly wisdom 
over my natural wisdom, right? And my natural wisdom had this checklist that had not been all checked off of all the things that made sense to do before leaving, right? And so it was scary from that perspective. Um, I've always, even in the, but even over the years and even today, even when there's times that are really challenging, I have the peace of God. And so even though I went through that process, it was really scary. Once I finally got to the point where I'm like, okay, Lord, I get it. I'll surrender this to you. At that point, even though things were challenging, I wasn't scared anymore because I really had peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I call that, um, that phase you talked about the sin of self-sufficiency, you know, like we think we're all that and we're doing it and we're getting it done. And you're like, wow, look at me. I am all that in a bag of chips and we love the Lord and we're faithful, but, but we're also, you know, we're, we're doing it. And so I love that you, you realized you had to go to full complete surrender submission, just hand it over and be completely controlled by every single day what he wanted you to do. And that is, that's a huge step out in faith. I mean, I commend you for it. And I know, Steve, there's a lot of listeners out there who right now are trudging away and, you know, a job that they don't love. And they have sort of this, I call it a side hustle. They have a side hustle that they love, whether it's, you know, a mom making things on Etsy or, you know, it's someone doing nonprofit work on the side or it's someone doing coaching on the side, whatever that might be. They've got this side hustle that they're dying to do full time, but they're, you know, they have that that's sort of scared. Wait a minute. How is this going to work? You know, Shay's a great example of we have to go to the Lord and just listen and do, you know, do what he says, not try to make it on our own. And it sounds so easy, doesn't it? But yeah, whoa, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Had to live it out, had to walk it out. So the book is Grace Over Grind. Shay, how did you move from that point of grinding it out to understanding what it means uh, to walk in grace? Yeah, it was really on the job training, to be honest. And it's funny because even starting Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, I always say ironically, but not ironically because it's God, you know, even launching Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, it's funny how he would use a person who had never had a kingdom driven focus in business to start something called Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. And it was like he was teaching me as I went. I mean, and you can tell that even in beginning podcast episodes and stuff like that. I mean, truly, I've grown in this over six years as I went and in the months prior to launch, you know, as I went. And it it just took really I had to prioritize my relationship with him and focus on really being secure in my identity in him and focus on my intimacy with him. And everything grew from that. You know, I had this really crazy encounter um, a few months before Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur started that changed everything for me. And if you don't mind, I want to, can I share the story real quick? So I was in Orlando at this women's conference and I didn't even normally like to go to women's conferences, but this one I felt like I was supposed to go to. And so I go to this women's conference in Orlando and on the last night of the conference, the pastor there was talking about how God gives us eyes to see, he gives us ears to hear and things of that nature. And she had asked us to sit down and she was going to pray over us. So she prays over us and um, she asked after she prayed, she said, if you if like God showed you something, you know, stand up. And so people were standing up or whatever. And she said, if God spoke to you about something, stand up. Now, these people are standing up and I'm kind of feeling like, what am I chopped liver? Because I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. And I'm like, I was at a point in my life where I was like, God, I know there's so much more to you. I've already left my job. I'm going to start this thing called Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. We're going to be launching. I'm with a stranger signing operating agreements, Lord. I know there's more to you. Like I need, you know, I need your help. And, and so that's what I'm thinking in my head. And so the pastor is saying her closing words and I don't know what she was saying, but in the middle of her talking, I fell to the floor and the woman that I came to the conference with, my nose was on her high heeled shoe. I will never forget this. And it was, and I'm trying to get up off the floor and I'm stuck. I cannot move a muscle and I'm trying so hard to move and I'm feeling so self-conscious. God, um, why am I on this floor? These people are going to step over me. It's time to go. They're going to call 911. They're going to think something's wrong with me. What's up? But I couldn't move at all. Not a lick. And so finally, after what seemed to be an eternity, I was like, okay, Lord, what is it? I'm here. You know, what is it? And when I said, what is it? I had the, for the first time an open vision and I was a child on a playground 
We are playing the trust fall game, you know, where you trust you fall back and the person behind you, you trust that they're going to catch you. And so I fall back because I trusted the person enough to fall back. But at the last second, I put my arm back to brace myself for the fall. And I heard a voice say, that's what you do to me. And it was just like silent in the moment. And it wasn't even condemning. It was like loving conviction. And I was like, okay. And I heard, do you want to know why you do that? I said, yes. And he said, because you have absolutely no idea how much I love you. And as soon as he said that, I was able to get up off the floor. And it was crazy because like that next morning, the next two weeks, I had the most ridiculous encounters with God, like stuff I had never experienced before. He was showing me things I had never seen before. And every time he'd say, you see how much I love you? You see, you see how much I love you, right? It was, it was just overwhelming me with his love. And it took all of that for my hard head for me to say, you know, with my meticulous planning, I got it together self to be like, Lord, I trust you. You can have it all. I'll put all of this at your feet because I know that you know my end from the beginning. I can trust you completely. And so you can have everything. And that happened just a few months before Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur started. And it had to take place because there's no way that I could have done what I did and what I'm doing now if I didn't have a revelation in my heart of his love so that I knew I could trust him enough to follow him, especially on the crazy journeys that he has taken me on, you know? But it took all of that. And so that's why I'm such a big big proponent of just intimacy with him, getting to know him, getting to know yourself in him, because through that, he reveals so much. And you can just layer after layer after layer, you can just start to say, okay, I surrender this. Okay, I surrender that. And it takes all of that if you're going to truly embrace what I call the wild and crazy and amazing adventure with God. You know? I love the trust fall and you put your arm back. That is such a visual of what we do every single day, right? Yes. Oh, Lord, I trust you completely. I'm just going to completely give my life to you. And then, oh, I put my arm back just in case you don't catch me, Lord. I'm going to put my arm back. How? I mean, that is just such a great description. And, you know, if you've walked with the Lord for 70 years, I think we, we still daily struggle with that. Um, you know, just a complete surrender. Yes. I mean, what do you think, Steve? Have you put your arm back lately? Uh, too often. That's that's <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. a little too close to home for me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And and you know, the other piece that you really touched on, Shay, that I think our listeners can really relate to. You know, we're all working. You know, I'm running a company. I'm I'm part of Eternal Leadership. I have three kids, I have a home, I have a husband, I'm volunteering at school, I'm, you know, volunteering at church. And and yet, the thing that would make all of that run smoother would be to not spend my time doing that stuff, but spend my time alone with the Lord and reveling in his love for me and focusing on my relationship with him. But we get up at 5.30 and we got to make lunches and do laundry and get school uniforms and do this and record that and be there in this practice and this recital, da, 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 right? And so I always say Satan uses busyness every single day in my life because every moment that he can pull me away from the Lord with busyness is, is affecting my intimacy with the Lord, right? So you just, again, gave a great description of that. Well, you know, Sandra, as, as you were saying that, it's interesting. And that's part of this whole thing with this book is that there is this whole thing around busyness. But what I have found is that the whole idea of resting in God doesn't actually take physically being still. What I've learned and what he's taught me is that I can be working diligently on the things that he's called me to yet still be doing it in his rest, still being sensitive to his voice, still communing with him as I'm driving, still communing. I've got a one-year-old. Oh my gosh. You know, I've got a 17-year-old, a a nine-year-old and a one-year-old, right? It's like, I could take, I could take care of her and still do that in the rest of God. I can work on my business. I can write a book, doing it in the rest of God. Everything I can do, I can do it in his presence, in his rest and be sensitive to his leading and commune with him in the midst of it all. And when it's like, and so when you tap into that, then it takes you away from the whole thing of, I have to physically be 
quiet, laid out on my floor for four hours. Now, the thing is, that's that'll be four hours well spent. And that's awesome. But most entrepreneurs don't have four hours to lay down. Right. They might have 30 minutes or an hour or whatever, or just time throughout the day. But when you learn how to flow with him and flow in his grace, then that means that you can still experience stillness in your movement. I love that. And, you know, I love the, you you say in the world of entrepreneurship, hustling and grinding will urge you a badge of honor. And, I, you know, in my corporate career and your corporate career, I mean, I was like earning the badges of honor, right? I mean, I literally slept in the office on a beanbag chair. I mean, I was like a nutcase. It's all I did yes. was work. You know, people would say, oh, you know, what are your hobbies? I would just laugh. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just, have you seen that movie? I don't even know what movie you're talking about. You know, I'm, if it's not in the office, I wasn't there. Right. So that whole grind and that badge of honor and, and, you know, before Jesus, I definitely got great, uh, personal satisfaction out of that. Right. But then you yeah. say, and the kingdom yes. of God, that hustling and grinding is an inferior substitute by working, uh, for working by the supernatural power of God's grace. And so what you're saying is, yes. you know, the hustle and the bustle and the grind, you know, that gets you a badge of honor in corporate America or in the business world. Um, but it's just a, a total weak substitute uh, by living in the grace of God supernaturally by, you know, in working in that, like you say, on a daily basis, just I call it a yes. part, you know, being in partnership with That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Partnership yeah. with God. That's ex that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I understand this. I understand that journey because that used to be my journey, right? Not even just in corporate, but I was doing corporate and working a job and, you know, working a business on the side for years. And so I understood hustle. I understood grind. The people that I listened to who were training me on the things that I was learning how to do were talking about get on your grind. You know, you got to get up and get on your grind. You got to get your hustle on or whatever. So that was my mentality, right? I mean, I've, I've lived both sides of this. And I promise you, working diligently by his grace is infinitely better. <laughs> Not only is it infinitely better, it, it's it's probably yes. easier, right? I That's mean, don't you think? better it, too. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like if you can just figure it out, not only is it better results and happier, but it's just easier it just, because that's how he built yes. us. He built us to be in, in communication, in fellowship, in total partnership with yes. him. Yet we're born and the world raises us to go off and be all that in a bag of chips by ourselves. Yes. And that's hard. That's but then if we can make that U-turn and come back to that partnership, that fellowship with him, that's when it flows. That's when it's easy. That's right. I mean, and, and you think about what Jesus said, right? What they talk about in Matthew, I think in Matthew 11, 28 and 30, about how um, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in the message version, you know, I love the way they say it because it's like, uh, walk with me work with me, watch how I do it. I'll show you the unforced rhythms of grace, right? It's like, I'll never put any, put, I'll never burden you with anything more than you could deal with. So it's like, they were talking about religion, you know, are you burnt out on religion and all that? But I mean, that's just our life. Are you burnt out on life? Are you burnt out on your business? Are you burnt out on anything, yeah. right? Come yeah. to me because when Jesus, that's, that's a beautiful gift that we have in Jesus, right? Yeah. Is that he does, he shows us how to live and work and do everything in an unforced rhythm of his grace. Well, and I love the book because, you know, it's not, excuse the term, but it's not preachy. It's not, um, you know, it's not like, hey, this is how you do it. I figured it out and here, go do it this way. <laughs> right. I mean, it's super relatable. It's got lots of great stories. Um, and, and, you know, you, you've got scripture and you've got testimonies, but you, you have exercises, which I love. I love a yes. book that makes me think and makes me work, right? Because for me, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, I'm an oral learner. Okay. I'm a visual learner. Okay. But I'm like that on the job training person that, that I figured yes. out more and more as I do it. And so exercises are awesome for, you know, that learning style. So you, you know, you've got some, some testimonials, you've got, you know, the, the scripture, but you have these exercises and just great stories that are like, Hey, I was a hot mess. And you know, God ripped me out of my comfort zone and he took you and let you kind of fumble around for six months 
And then he literally <laughs> paralyzed you on the floor. Yes, literally. <laughs> he paralyzed you on the floor with a shoe in your face. Yes. And then was like, yes. ha let me just show you. And that's when you listen. Yes. And I mean, how, how many of us, Steve, have been to that moment where we didn't actually truly hear him until some big calamity happened, right? And that's when we hear him. You know, for some people, it's a hospital. For some people, it's rehab. For some people, it's, you know, like for me, it was being in Manhattan on 9-11. You know, for John, it was his accident. Um, but for you, literally, he brought you to the floor and paralyzed you and was like, okay, are you, are you ready now, Shay? Do you want to listen? Because you're going to listen, then I'll release you and let you up. And so he literally had to right. almost capture you physically for you to stop and listen. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. And it has been, and it has been a wild adventure ever since. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So Shay, one of the things I love about this book is that uh, in chapter one, you give a whole bunch of examples of what it, different signs <laughs> that you can be working, that you can be just be grinding it out. We, we yes. understand what grinding is, but sometimes we don't understand how it actually manifests and some, some symptoms and uh, th that are, that are really kind of pointing that there's a problem here. And yes. so I'm, I'm, I'm reading through it right now. Prayerlessness, lack of sleep, anxiety over finances, uh, analysis, paralysis, and not having boundaries. Uh, you're motivated by proving your haters and naysayers wrong. You're motivated by the idea of sustaining yourself because if it's going to be, it's up to me. Um, and, and one of the cool things is right after that, your application and a little exercise, take a few minutes and ask the Holy Spirit the following question, then write down the answer you receive. In what ways am I currently grinding in business and relying upon my own strength? That's one of the things I love about this book. It's a super easy read. Plus it's got little exercises. So that way you can take a break from the book and okay, how am I yeah. grinding? Yes. To me, if you read this book, but you don't do the exercises, it's like, I mean, the book, I think it's a good book, but I mean, the, the power in this book comes from what God speaks to you about when you read yeah. it and then what you do about it. That's mm -hmm. where the power in the book comes, right? I've had people say, oh, I just loved this book. Oh, but I left me wanting more. And, I, and every time I, every time someone asks me that, I say, did you do the exercises in the book? And the answer is no. And I'm like, go back, read the book or listen to it again. Cause there's an audio book, do the exercises. You will not come back to me and say, I was left wanting more because you will have plenty mm. because God will speak. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. No, I mean, it's so true. It's about $10 somebody can yes. spend. I think, I mean, it's nine 95 on Amazon. Just go get it because you know, we're living in this worn out, exhausted, you know, 24 seven world, yes. right? Everybody's tired and, and burnout's higher than ever before. And you have this whole generation of baby boomers who are just, you know, they're exhausted. And then I'm a Gen Xer. I'm way tired, right? We're just trying to, I call it plate spinning. I'm just trying to keep all my plates spinning in the air and you got to know which one to let drop, right? Because you can't keep them all up at the same time. So my hope is that the paper plate is the one that gets dropped and, you know, not the fine China, <laughs> And so, you know, it, it, that's the world we're all living in. And so here it's if, if we can just stop being worn out and focus on what really matters, what's really important and, and completely, you know, surrender, that's when the doors really open. That's right. You know, like we're kind of like this battering ram and we're like running up against this door. Come on. I want to be successful. Come on. I want to be yes. I want to be this. I want to be that. And we're just beating our head against the wall. And yes. instead, if we just stop. And, and we fully surrender, he just opens the door right up. That's right. I just shared just this morning on Facebook, I had posted um, about how any anything that you force through your grind to create, you have to maintain it. Right. So God is the best promoter. He is the best promoter. You don't have to force things to happen. If you learn how to flow in his grace, work diligently. It's not like, you know, we're not talking about things just, you know, you're working, right? So nobody send me emails saying, you're Jay said that we're not supposed to work. God just makes it all happen. I did not say that. 
It's working by his grace. But if we're working diligently in the flow of God, in his presence, in his rest, what we'll find is we don't have to force things to happen. And when God opens the door, he also sustains you. I don't want to have to force the door open and then I've got to maintain it. I'm going to be exhausted. And that's what we do so often. We force things and it's like, oh, that door's not open. I'm going to go get a battering ram and I'm going to bang that thing open. I'm going to kick it down and I'm going to rush through it and charge through it because, oh, the devil is a liar. I'm going to get, he's all in my way. And then you try to force and bust your way into something that you are not prepared for. You are not positioned for. And now you've got to try to maintain it. Your character might not be able to maintain it. Your time may not be able to maintain it. God already knows the fullness of what's going on in your life and what you can deal with, what you can't. He knows all of that stuff, right? And so if we flow with him and allow the promotion to come from God, he will sustain us in it versus us being like, oh, there's a door. I'm going to go bang it open. Yep. Amen, sister. Let me just tell you, every single time in life when I have forced something, whether it was a job or a volunteer position or a, a, a relocation, whatever it was, when I did it in my own, you know, self-sufficiency and I forced it and made it happen just by my sheer will and determination and hard work and not sleeping and, you know, just like figuring it out every single time it ends up being unfulfilling it ends up being something that is exhausting. It ends up being something that is a, a failure or, or something goes wrong. And every single time, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Every I, I sit and I go, okay, what happened here? And I look back, it's because I didn't want to worry the Lord with it. And I rushed ahead of him <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, here, yes. this must be what he wants me, wants me to do. Oh, this must be where he wants me to live. Oh, this must be the person he wants me to date. And I like try to figure out what he would want me to do instead of shutting the heck up and listening for him to tell me what he wants me to do. Like we... we and it's deceptive, right? Because in the beginning, it might look like this is great. This is thriving. Everything's awesome. And then it's a little bit down the road. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah not so much. Yeah. Right? Well, so well, we're impatient. You know, I, I'm very impatient. And we have a, a lot of people out there listening going, yeah, you know, I don't have 40 years to wait. Like, you know, some of those guys in the Old Testament, uh, you know, I, I need to do something right now. I got to pay the bills. I have, you know, I have a mortgage to pay. Um, and so we're like rushing ahead. And, and what I see is instead of pausing for every decision, we're predicting what we think God's decision would be. So we still feel kind of spiritual and we still feel like we're kind of surrendering and we still feel kind of Jesus-y, um, but we're, we're trying to predict what he think he, he would say instead of just waiting. And let me tell you, I am like preaching to myself right now, by the way. So Shay, we've gone about 30 minutes so far, and but we haven't really defined what your definition of grace is. We understand what grinding is a whole lot. What is your definition of grace to kind of set that foundation for the listener? Sure. So grace being the empowerment from God to do, to be who you're called to be and do what you're called to do and to do those things that you could never do on your own. That's, that's the definition that I lay out about grace. Just it's his empowerment to do those, to do those things, to be that person, you know, whatever it is that glorifies God. So give an example of how you have seen that from your audience or in your own life. Yeah, sure. So gosh, let me, let me, let me pick one. So an example of working by grace versus working by grind for me. Okay. So one time I was uh, running an online event and I was feeling discouraged because you know, we were getting in and the signups weren't as plentiful as I was hoping for. Okay. And so grinding, I'd already thought about some ideas. We had already prayed about, you know, what our strategy was going to be. We'd already done those things, but we weren't seeing what we were expecting. Okay. And so, you know, what we could have done in that moment is like, okay, let's come up with, let's come up with real quick, 10 more ideas of what we can do right, right now. We've got some time. Let's make this happen or whatever. I had my daughter's band concert to go to. I had other things going on. I really didn't even have time to be trying to come up with marketing strategies and last minute things to do to try to make this thing happen anyway. But and my old mindset would have been, let me just try to force this thing and make it happen. God's like, go on to that concert, baby. Okay. So I go to the concert 
Okay. I'm at my daughter's concert. I come out during the break from the concert. And when I go to my phone, I was looking to see what was going on. And all of a sudden there was all this new activity. And I'm like, where is all this activity coming from? Turned out that one of the speakers at the, that was participating in the event decided to send out an email. Didn't tell me was going to do it. I didn't ask him to do it, but he sent out an email to 10,000 people to say, Hey, you guys really need to check this thing out. And so at the last second, all these people came out of nowhere and God's like, see, I got you, baby. You know, it's like, go, go ahead and do the things that you need to do. I couldn't have conjured up enough ideas to come up with the result that God came up with because he inspired someone in a moment at really a time that didn't even make sense for him to promote it, to go ahead and promote it. Right. That's just one example. My, my, my entire business life is full of examples, but oh, that is one of example. them. That's the first that came to mind. <laughs> Another one, another one that you give in the first chapter of the book is uh, your labor story from last year going yeah. into labor with 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 your baby girl. Yeah, a completely supernatural childbirth. I mean, it's kind of crazy because God told me like I had already written, like I already had this book prepared right before I ever got pregnant. And the Lord said, you're not releasing that book yet. The book's not done yet. Okay. When I got pregnant, he said there's something about this pregnancy that's important for the book. Okay, Lord. So I just stopped writing. I just paused the book throughout the entire pregnancy, still having no idea, like, why am I pausing this book? But I did know that I was believing God for a supernatural childbirth because I had a friend I had a friend whose wife had read this book about supernatural childbirth and had both of her babies completely pain-free. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I need that in my life. No medication, no nothing. And I was like, oh, cool. Let me, let me engage my faith for that, right? So I grabbed the book and uh, I read the book. I didn't tell my midwife. I didn't tell anybody this was like what I was believing for because people would be like, you are straight fool, right? Like you're a straight fool to think that you can like have a baby and not feel anything, right? So I'm just like, no, I'm really going to engage my faith. I felt like that's what I needed to do. And so anyway, fast forward when it's time to, you know, I had a very long labor. It wasn't painful. I felt pressure, but no pain. And it was a very long labor. And I was supposed to get deliver with my midwife. And instead I was halted. Like I was stalling. And so my midwife said, you're going to have to go to the hospital and they're going to have to administer Pitocin so you can have the baby. So the, otherwise you're at a risk of infection. I'm like, my plan is messed up now. Right. And so I'm headed to the hospital, just upset because I was believing for, you know, a pain-free delivery, but now they're going to give me Pitocin. How in the world am I going to have a pain-free delivery if they're giving me Pitocin, right? And if you don't know what Pitocin is, it's basically they drip, drip, drip it's this awful. stuff in an IV to you to make your labor, to force your labor to start. And so a natural delivery, you go from a little bit of pain to a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, kind of goes a scale, zero to 10. And then you're like, yep. ah, time to give birth. And when you have Pitocin, you go from zero to 10. That's the best way to describe it. So I go to this hospital and I'm really upset. I called my friend crying. I was believing God for supernatural childbirth and now I got to get Pitocin. She's like, is God bigger than Pitocin? Yes. Okay. So the same thing you were believing for at the, you know, with your midwife is the same thing you believe for now. Okay. Re-engage my faith, right? So here we are. I'm getting Pitocin. I'm not feeling pain. I'm feeling, but I'm feeling pressure. So I know things are happening, but I'm not feeling any pain. The nurses are like befuddled because they're like, you should be feeling pain. Like, and I'm like, can you guys check and see how things are going? And they're like, no, you know, cause you're at risk of infection. So you just keep, just keep laboring. And after it's like getting 10 PM at night and I've been laboring forever. And I'm like, it's somebody going to check and see where I'm at. Right. They're like, no, because they're waiting for me to like be screaming and, and, and agony for them to check. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to pretend I'm in pain. Like, I'm not in pain. Can you guys please check? Since they wouldn't check, I got very, very upset. My girlfriend, who happened to be a godsend nurse there at the hospital, says, listen, Shay, you just need to rest. OK, you need to get in the bed. You need to calm yourself. You're built for this. You're going to be fine. You need to rest. And I was like, you are crazy. I cannot get in the bed. I need to be walking around. You want me to deal with this? You know, you know, she's like, you need to rest. And I got in that bed. You guys, I got in the bed. And as soon as I surrendered myself and said, OK, I'm going to rest. It was like the best way to describe it is it was like I, like a bubble surrounding me. I was in this meditative state. Like, I don't even remember what was going on. But every once in a while, I could hear 
my friend, the nurse and my husband saying, oh, my gosh, that was a big contraction. Oh, my gosh, that was intense. And they were looking at the monitors, watching the intensity of my contractions. And I'm not feeling anything. I'm just hearing their voices from time to time, feeling absolutely nothing. And so that keeps going on, going on, going on for, you know, for, I guess, I don't know how long. But, the, but when I remember kind of coming to the nurse was saying, oh, you're at nine centimeters. You know, you're going to be ready soon. And then I was out again. I was like, it was just, I was like in this protective bubble of sort. My husband said that I went to the side of the bed and I was just sitting there and he was watching the intensity of my contractions. They were going off the charts. Like they were higher than the line could even go on the little measuring thing on their meter. And he said, I said nothing. He said, I just sat there. No sound. Before I was doing like a little soft moan here and there. And they're like, oh, okay, she must be having a contraction. Okay, that matches. I was saying nothing. I felt nothing, nothing. I gave, like I pushed one time. I got, they were like, it's time. The nurses barely were there in time to catch her because they didn't, they didn't have a clue what was going on. I pushed one time, that baby was here. And the Lord told me after I had her, after I recovered from the whole process, he says to me, this this is what it's like in my grace. This is, this is, you just saw favor in action. You just saw my supernatural power in action. You just saw my grace in action. And then he started to show me how this relates to how we work. And all of this, I was like, Lord, I paused the book so that I could share one story that illustrates one point about how when we partner with a supernatural, when we rest and we partner with the supernatural power of his rest, that not only do we have favor, but we also experience something that astonishes others and brings glory to him. I mean, the, the nurse, my friend, she was just like, I have never. She's like, I've been working in labor and delivery for 20 years. I've never seen anything like that happen. I've never seen the grace of God in action like that. Those were the words she used. She was just like, I've never seen someone give birth with such grace and favor. We didn't have a conversation about God's grace, but that's what she said, because that's what she saw. That's what she experienced in that moment. Right. It's so wild. So I was like, Lord, wow. So I paused the book so I can tell a ridiculously amazing story about how you showed me grace in this very intimate part of my life so that I can illustrate that for others in a really real way of what happens when we work by your grace and the things that can happen as a result. I mean, I, I, I all, he pulled it together in this nice little sentence that I put in the book that I can't even tell you exactly what it says right now. He pulled it together. I don't even know what it says, but it was about how we can labor in his rest, right? Instead of our grind and the results that come in as, as a result and all of that from a childbirth. And that's something. Well, it's perfect. Yeah. That he yes. used the word labor literally. literally. That's what I love. That it literally. I was like, you're, so, you're such a good writer. This is why I don't write without my Holy Ghost writer. Right. Because right. he's the best writer. So yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No, you labored in resting yes. with his grace literally yes. and had a baby with no pain that's crazy. yes i'm actually i'm going to read that sentence just because yes. it was so good this is what it says it says this is what is not only possible but what should be a way of life for entrepreneurs in the kingdom instead of having painful and strenuous labor grind you can rest in the empowering presence of god grace as you labor work so that you are positioned for his supernatural ability, which causes you to birth the ideas on your heart in a way that brings you extraordinary success, astonishes others and gives glory to him. I was like, Jesus, if that's not a mic drop, I don't know what is. Bam. Mic drop. Mic drop. That's perfect. Wow. I mean, you gotta, I gotta read the book. I mean, I've read parts <laughs> of it, but I gotta get my own copy instead of like trying to Yes. <laughs> Trying to do the sample through Kindle, man. Because uh, this is like my life, right? Seriously. And I mean, and literally three C-sections, one with the so you know. So literally my life and, yes. you know, figuratively, you know, just just the busy, the sweating it, trying to make it happen. And, you know, I had someone say in a small group one time, um, prayer request time came and she asked us to pray for her that she could get a new washing machine because her washing machine had broken and she had four kids. And, you know, I'm sitting there, the, the, you know, 
with my Southern Baptist upbringing. I'm like, she's praying for a washing machine. My goodness gracious. And I was really, you know, convicted. And and I don't know if, if God convicted her to say something, but she said, she goes, you know, if the God of the universe can create the heavens and the earth and the stars and us and give us life, um, he can certainly you know, make a situation where I can get a new washing machine and nothing's too small for him. And I was really convicted by that because up till then I had been sort of this, oh, well, that's so silly. I'm not going to, you know, bring that to the Lord. Like, you know, what, that I find a parking spot so I'm not late for, you know, the, the school yes. play. Like that's, you know, uh-huh. really? And, and so when she said that, I was like, whoa, like nothing is too small for him. He controls it all. Not just the parts he wants or just the parts we want. He controls it all. And, you know, nothing's too small or, you know, too inconsequential for him. It's all for him. It's funny you said that about the washing machine. I actually, I just, uh, with one of my mentees, she'd shared with me. So she came up in new age and all of that. And she had a friend who um, was really just trying to minister to her. And there was a time with her washing machine, like her washing machine was broken. And and she said she hated when people would pray for her. Like she just she says she just hated it, you know, and her friend was just like, oh, the washing machine's broken. OK, well, you know, well, we, you know, we, we can we can get that fixed. You know, God can fix that. And she's like, oh, God, fix the washing machine. You know, and she said her friend went over to the washing machine and was like, oh, Lord, you know, you know, my friend and you know that she doesn't have the funds right now to fix the washing machine. And and, you know, her daughter needs this uniform to school for school. And and just if you could just show us how to fix it or just fix it, you know, Lord, that would just be that would just be so wonderful. We just thank you for that. And she the whole time she's like, you know, why are you praying for me about a washing machine? And do you know that the Lord then showed her exactly what was wrong with the washing machine? She went and did that little thing and the washing machine worked. And she still remembers that was a story that within the next 24 hours, she gave her life to the Lord. Like it was like that. I mean, the fact that he cared about something so small in her life was like, oh, my gosh, he really he knows me. You know, he knows me. He loves me. And she gave her life. And this was someone who didn't even want anyone to pray for her. Why are you praying for me? (laughs) Wow. So the very within 24 hours, she surrendered completely to the Lord over the washing machine. Okay, so Steve, God's got something for washing machines. We'll go for the whole, the whole like washed by the blood of Jesus, right? Like washed white as snow. I mean, he's got a thing for washing machines. So Shay, operating in grace doesn't always necessarily mean that things are going to go just hunky dory. Uh, You have an example in the book of things kind of hitting the fan. And really just a very cool story about thing, uh, a short sale of your house. Yeah, that's right. So in our journey with, I told you earlier on how we had to, how the Lord had instructed me to stop doing the, the things I was doing in business to do kingdom driven entrepreneur. Well, in those early times, it's like we weren't making much of anything, right? We're just kind of figuring things out and stuff like that. And, um, and it, it, so it was a journey that was tough financially for us. We still had peace, but as far as what was happening materialistically, you know, financially, it wasn't there. And we had seen God provide in so many different ways, just supernaturally. And just we'd seen God provide. And so it's like, so we were standing in faith and all of that. But one of the things that we had to sacrifice and all of this just to kind of move forward was to sell our house. Right. And you know, most people would be like, Psh, I'm, you know, <laughs> oh, you go on this journey to follow God and you ended up having to sell your house, you know, you know, I mean, but it's like we had so much peace about it. Even in the short sale process, we we had favor, you know, it was we had favor in the short sale process. I've got stories about that, too. So even in the things that are feel like, gosh, this is hard. God, I know like I know I'm walking with you and I know this is where you're leading me, but. Man, I thought it was going to look different. I thought that we'd have this by now. I thought I wouldn't be doing this by now. I mean, I've kind of every once in a while, I still have thoughts like that, but they are way fewer and further between because when you just get into the rhythm of walking with him, there's so many signposts along the way that are like, you're on the right track. There you go. You know, you're, you're doing okay there. Right. And that's what helps me in the hard times. 
Because we have hard times. Just because you're walking, you know, uh, with God doesn't mean it's going to be easy. We're actually promised a life that's not necessarily going to be easy. I mean, that's that's scriptural, right? It's not necessarily everything's going to be easy. But that's why we need Jesus. My goodness, it's like, you know, as we walk through things, he is our peace. He is our joy. So despite the hard stuff, despite giving up the house, you know, my husband even was called out of his job. Listen, I had to leave my stuff. And then a year later, my husband's like, the Lord's talking to me about leaving my job. And I'm like, okay. And I knew that had to be God because my husband would never, ever, ever dream of leaving his job at at that soon after I left my job. And he says, no, he didn't say leave. He just said, get ready to leave. And I said, okay, you know, all right, you know, cool. And six months later, he left his. This was all before we ended up selling our house. You know, he left his. So, I mean, we've had to walk through some like hard stuff, you know, But nevertheless, we could do it with joy. We could do it with peace. Joy doesn't mean I was happy about it. Joy just meant that I had the joy of the Lord despite. And I had peace because I knew that we were walking with him. Right. And that he had that he had our back. And so because and that's why I'm telling you, I think because of some of the stuff that we've had to go through as a family to really walk this thing out, you know, everything God you know, God, he makes everything work together, you know, for our good and for his glory. And so I always remind myself of that. And what I always find is that when I'm able to tell my testimony of the hard stuff, but how God showed up in the hard stuff, that it's almost like that is as much or more important than when I'm sharing the success of something or whatever, because In the success of something, whether it was a God-inspired success moment or not, people are already happy and excited and elated about success. But people, when they're in a hard spot, they need something that's like, oh, they need like that testimony to hold on to that's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, he's with, you know, he's with me in these hard times, too. Right. So I think it's really important to share. And I think that's, in a way, some of the journey that we've had to go through is because it's important for us to go through it and for us to see him in it and for us to be able to, since as teachers, you know, as mentors, to be able to share those things, right? Because that's real life. Well, I following God, not following God, that's real life. Shay, I love that. You know, this is this is my attempt to paraphrase, but you know, what you really said was even when we're in tough times, even when we're we're in the middle of what the world would call a failure, right? God gives us those signs and you call them milestones, right? Because we're totally in sync with him. We're in partnership with him. And so we're able to not feel, you know, depressed and like a failure and like things are falling apart because we know we're in his will. Because sometimes to get to the end result that he wants, we have to shed some stuff, right? We've got to shed these layers of who I think I am. We've got to shed layers of who the world thinks I am. We have to shed layers of, you know, all these masks that we've worn for decades that, you know, we think make us super cool, right? And some of that stuff is painful, but that's part of getting to the pure heart that he wants us to be, you know, at the end. Right. And so if we're in sync with him, um, that doesn't mean it's all going to be happy and puppies and roses and, you know, beautiful smelling flowers. Right. It, th- there's going to be some times that are tough. And so if we're in sync with him, though, those tough times don't feel bad because we recognize it's part of getting to where he wants us to be. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And I think that was a really great, great way of uh, summarizing it. You know, it's, it's, there's positioning, there's preparation, there's purging, there's all of those things. Right. And everybody's journey is everyone's journey looks different, right? Not everybody has the same makeup and has had the same issues and the same things that, you know, God's working through to, you know, really purify us, right? Everyone's got different things. So that's why I always tell entrepreneurs, like some people are like, oh my gosh, well, I don't want to have to go through X, Y, Z with the finances and have to leave my job. Not everybody has to do that. That's why I tell people, no, don't leave your job unless the Lord said, don't, don't do that. Right. Let's not be presumptuous like, and ridiculous. Don't do that. Right. You know, use wisdom. That's good, but be led. Right. And so not everyone has to go through the same journey. I had to learn. I had to learn what it meant for God to be my provider because I had never even thought about. I always thought my job was I mean, I wouldn't say my job's my provider. I would say God's my provider, but I operated as if, you know, that ninety four, ninety six thousand, whatever it was, paycheck was my provider. Yeah. I didn't need for anything. Yeah. Right. Between my husband and I, we didn't need for anything. We had discretional income for days. We just kind of lived life, did our thing. Right. I had to learn what it means 
to know he's my provider, right? Because the things that he's put on my heart to do, the provision needed for that is well beyond my ability. Well beyond, like I can't make this, I, I can't generate this stuff, right? So I have to understand what it means to be led by and sensitive to the person who is the provider, right? So that when he says, go do that crazy thing, I'll go do that crazy thing. And there's provision. I love that. I love that. The fish, the, go get the coin out of the fish's yes, mouth. Yes, I love that. You had to learn that he is truly your provider. And and back to that sin of self-sufficiency. We think we're doing it. No, we're not doing a darn thing, right? So he is the provider. And the other piece that you mentioned earlier, that he loves us more than we can even comprehend. And that if we can you know, truly absorb, process, believe, and walk those two things, he loves us more than we can comprehend. And he is the one and only true provider that anything we're doing on our own is just a joke and a band-aid and some, you know, made for TV movie approach to life. It's not really life. Um, and so we can, uh, you know, uh, uh, really truly grasp those. And I love because the book's not just for entrepreneurs, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I love one of the book reviews called the, the person called themselves a guilty grinder. I love that. There are guilty grinders all <laughs> over the world that are listening to this podcast right now. We're totally identifying with this. We're just juggling. We're spinning the plates. We're trying to keep it all going, trying to walk with the Lord, trying to have our quiet time. And so this book, you've got to get this book. It's a whole new approach to being in partnership with God and accepting his love and accepting his provision for you. And it will truly change your entire approach to your business and your work. Amen. So Shay, in closing, I wanted to leave this one with the listeners. I want you to kind of dig a little bit more into it. My favorite portion of the book, the two pages is where you break down Psalm 37, four. And, and that scripture, for those that don't know it off the top of their head, is when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You dig into that scripture a lot and and, and really kind of shed a light on that, which I've heard from a couple other people, but the church in large, the body at large, I don't hear this perspective of it. So dig into that a little bit more, what those Hebrew words are and really the kind of meaning that that you and a number of other teachers that I've heard have, have really kind of uh, yeah. found that to be. So this whole thing around delighting yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So a lot of times it's like one of those scriptures that sometimes it's just sometimes just used incorrectly, right? So sometimes people will look at that scripture and say, okay, that means that whatever I desire, God will give it to me, right? That's the desire of my heart. So God's going to give it to me. That's actually not what the scripture is saying. But the scripture is saying is that if you delight yourself, when you delight yourself in the Lord, right? He will give you the desires of your heart, meaning he will actually give you what the desires are. He helps to formulate. He's like pres- pres- like writing these things on your heart, right? He's giving you the desires of your heart. So therefore the desire of your heart and the desire of his heart for you, those things are the same exact thing. But where do you get that? You get that in delighting yourself with, in him. You get that through the intimacy with him. That's where that happens. So sometimes we get it all backwards and think, okay, well, I desire this. So therefore God gives it to me. No, you get with God. And what he's going to do is he's going to actually impart into you. He's going to write these things on your heart. He's going to help you even understand these things on your heart. Right. And those will be your desires and they will also be his. And then you walk them out, you know, in faith. And what's so awesome about that scripture too. And when people have an understanding of that, it really changes things for them because now it goes to, you know, the other end where people are just like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Is this in God's will? Is this God? Is it not? Is it me? Is it my hand? You know, all of this stuff. If you've been delighting yourself in him and he's given you the desires of your heart, that desire of your heart is the, is his desire, right? And so they're one and the same. So now you should feel free that freedom in Christ we have. Yeah, you should feel free to not feel like you have to wait and wait and wait for every single tiny little instruction, Right. And feel free to move and to grow and to thrive in that area, knowing that he's with you and he's going to be speaking to you, directing you and course correcting you along the way. It gives you so much freedom when you realize that, that those desires. So I've seen this. I think that scripture is so important because I see where the issues come from so many different angles. 
with people, right? The people who are operating out of presumption and the people who are operating out of fear of, of, of this is not God. And I really, I want to please God. And I don't know if this is pleasing to God and, you know, and isn't my head, right? Those are two core issues that if you have an understanding in your heart about that scripture, it really gives you freedom. I love that. And, you know, it reminds me what another one of our, uh, interviewee said, he said, you know, we have two voices in our head. We have the voice of ego, which is loud and obnoxious and always speaks first. And then we have the voice of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, which is quiet and soft spoken. And we have to take a moment and listen for. And so I think that really goes with what you just said that, you know, we have to really listen. So, you know, for us impatient people that aren't great listeners, uh, your book is (laughs) super impactful. You know, we need to read like 10 times so i don't know steve i know what i'm doing yeah i know what i'm yes, doing for homework yes. read it again and again <laughs> love it so shay thanks for coming on for and uh i really really recommend listeners buy the book grace over grind by shay Bynes. buy it on amazon uh i believe it's a part of the uh, Kindle Unlimited subscription, is it not? I believe it is. I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, so if you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber... Actually, it is. Yes, book, it is. Yes. Re- reading this book is part of that subscription. And so uh, get it and most importantly, actually do the exercises. Yes. So for those who like audiobooks, don't just listen to it and then don't do the exercises because you're listening. Still listen and still do the exercises. <laughs> And there are things in here that we didn't cover, like the three keys to divine favor on pages 44 through 49. Three scriptures that talk about favor that you believe are keys to getting that kind of favor. Um, A supernatural (laughs) replacement of a MacBook. So... where, where the, your daughter accidentally knocked over a glass of water on your MacBook and, and destroyed it. And so, yeah. yes, we're walking through that right now where we have a MacBook that's about to disappear and we are about to get it replaced. And so um, I highly recommend this book. Thanks, Shay, for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been fun.